This podcast was produced by ORFM Dunedin with support from New Zealand On the Air. Otago Access Radio, in partnership with Otago Polytech, brings you Blowing Bubbles. Blowing Bubbles brings you positive conversations with people in their bubbles around the world. How are people living their bubble lives? Working from home, keeping kids entertained, and staying connected and getting exercise. And how are these things presenting us with the opportunities to find new ways of living? Every weekday, the Sustainable Lens team of Samuel Mann, Shan Gallagher and Mara Karatai reach out from their bubbles to chat with interesting and positive people around the world. Broadcast on Otago Access Radio 105.4 FM and streamed and podcast on oar.org.nz and sustainablelens.org. Bringing connection, joy, kindness and peace in the days ahead. Welcome to Blowing Bubbles, positive conversations with people in their bubbles, their safe spaces around the world. I'm Samuel Mann in Sawyer's Bay, Dunedin, and I'm joined by Mawera Karatai in Fakatani. Kia ora, Mawera. Kia ora, Sam. How's it going with you today? Very well. How was the weekend? It was good. Um, I spent the weekend pottering in my garden, playing with my chickens, protecting them from my dog. All the exciting things, Sam. And who are we joined by today? Today, Sam, we have one of my absolute most favourite people in all the world, the very lovely Miss Michelle Court, who is extremely well known all through our country for um, her work as a comedian and also as a writer. Uh, she has recently published her second book, um, and but she's more than that uh, to me. I really love the way I love looking at the world through Michelle's eyes. Um, she's one of the most positive, optimistic people I've ever encountered, and so it's really neat to be able to have her with us today. Kia ora, Michelle. Uh, kia ora, Mawera. It's lovely to talk to you again, and hello, Sam, and everybody else. It's a big call for you to call somebody positive. <laughs> um, Michelle is positive. Before we came on air, we were just talking about if her and I could rule the world. If if someone put us in charge, there would be no problems left. We would solve them all, and everything would be case pie. We probably need to seize power. I don't know that people are going to just give us that, but but I think we could storm the, just break through the parapets and take over the whole thing. Let's do that. I reckon, and we'll keep Jacinda because she's cool. Oh my my good heavens, yes, yeah, she is amazing, isn't she? I um yeah, she everything, every answer that she gives to a question where I'm going, oh my god, how do you answer that question? Um in a in a way that people will embrace. And before I can think of anything, she has the answer and manages to frame it in the perfect way. I mean, she is one of the most positive people in the whole world, surely. We talked on the show quite a bit about how that comes from that, the basis and the values, the basis and kindness. And it seems that if she's coming from that in every case, then the answer comes out right. She's not having to put it to focus groups or whatever to figure out what the response is. That's it. Yeah, yeah, this is not a paint by numbers. And somebody uh, kind of unpacked the way she responded to a question uh, a few days ago about Donald Trump and what's happening in America. And they they unpacked an answer that she did to that question. And she did it with this. And, you know, she deflected, didn't say his name. She brought it home to New Zealand. She talked about the, acknowledged the problems that we have here. 
and talked about the work that we need to do. And so it was this perfect answer. But I don't think it goes through that kind of process in her head. I think it just is what she genuinely thinks and believes and wants in the vision that she has for us. So how are things gone in your bubble? Well, uh, <laughs> it's been like a, it's been putting life on pause is the, the way that I've come to think of it that at first I felt like it was paralysis. At first I felt like at the beginning of lockdown was quite difficult for me. I watched my life disappear. I watched my diary empty. I watched all the beautiful plans that I'd made just fly into tiny pieces and disappear um, and I felt grief for the plans that I'd had and anxiety for the future and grief for you know the way life was my life was very lovely um, and I yeah so I felt kind of paralyzed I described it as you know at the end of um, uh, the Star Wars movie where Han Solo is uh, frozen in carbonite and my brain felt like that and it couldn't do anything. And um, then I started to think, okay, so I can't do stuff. Let's enjoy not doing stuff. Let's see what that feels like. Because <laughs> <laughs> I'm so, you know, I love running from one thing to the next. So I thought, okay, this is the universe telling me I need to just sit really still and see what happens. And so I started to discover some things about myself and it's been, that's been great. It's been really good. Let's go first to your first music choice, Colin Hay, Beautiful World. Why this one? I love the song. I, one of the reasons I love the song, if you listen really carefully, there's a gorgeous line in it where he says, um, I like to swim out beyond the breakers where a man can still be free or a woman if you are one, which I think is a fantastic <laughs> acknowledgement of um, of all of us. Uh, but I also, it's a song I keep playing in my head and in, in, you know, on, on the CD player as well. Um, because if you read the news and follow Twitter and listen to what's going on in the world, it seems really bleak and dark. But if I look out my window, into the bush around my house, it's still a really beautiful world. So this song reminds me of that. My, 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 it's a beautiful world. I like swimming in the sea. I like to go out beyond the white breakers where a man can still be free or a woman if you are one. I like swimming in the sea My, 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 it's a beautiful world I like drinking Irish tea With a little bit of lapsang souchon I like making my own My, 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 it's a beautiful world I like driving in my car I roll the top down, sometimes I travel quite far Drive to the ocean, stare up at the stars I like driving in 
in my car All around is anger Automatic guns It's death in large numbers No respect for women or our little ones I tried talking to Jesus But he just put me on hold Said he'd been swamped by calls this week And he could not shake his Still this emptiness persists Perhaps this is as good as it gets When you've given up the drink And those nasty cigarettes Now leave the party early At least with no regrets I watch the sun as it comes up I watch it as it sets Yeah, this is as good as it gets Oh my, 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 it's a beautiful world I like sleeping with Marie She is one sexy girl Full of mystery She says she doesn't love me She likes my company For now that's good enough for me Oh my, 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 it's a beautiful world I like swimming in the sea I like to go out beyond the white breakers Where a man can still be free Or a woman if you are one I like swimming in the sea I think I have a new anthem. I'll be swimming in the sea. I'll be drinking Irish tea. That's me. That's fantastic, <laughs> isn't it? Perfect description. <laughs> so did you get work done in lockdown? I kind of invented work. I did what I, I would say to my, my office is at home and it has been for 25 years. And I'd say to my husband in the morning, right, I'm going downstairs to make work. And I'd go and invent stuff to do downstairs. Almost everything in my house is now in alphabetical order. <laughs> um, so I did a little tiny bit of writing, but I found that a struggle until I started writing sort of little letters to myself um, and doing some voice work. We set up a tiny recording studio. I've recorded some radio and television ads in the house while we've been in lockdown. So yeah, uh, little. I kept making little projects to keep myself feeling creative. But I also did some other things that I don't usually do like um, exercise. <laughs> <laughs> I always said that I would exercise if I had time, but I thought I was lying about that. But it turns out I I actually really like it. 
I um, happen to have hired a stationary bike. I'm pointing at it. I don't know why I'm pointing at it because you're just listening to me. Because um, I had a, a really minor knee injury, but it's been fantastic. I've ridden, um, I do about 15 kilometers a day on my bike uh, and, and, and work up a real sweat. And I open the door to my office so I can see into the bush and smell the breeze as I ride. And I don't have to wear a helmet. It's great. Um, and so yeah, exercise is a new thing that I did not know I liked and also cooking. I, um, learnt new recipes, which I'm sure everybody did, but I can make paella now. And there's a recipe that I made that I had cut out of a magazine and I cooked the meal and it was delicious. And I went back to see when I had, I'd never cooked it before. I went back and had a look in my book to see um, when, it's from the listener 1996. <laughs> <laughs> and you saved it. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> never got around to making it, but I've made it twice now. Where are you? We should have asked I'm at the start. Auckland. No, that's okay. I'm in Auckland on the on the shore. Right on the edge of a fabulous bush reserve. So we've got Tui and Kiridu and Piwaka Waka and they love lockdown. They um, we've always had plenty of them, but they're here for longer and in bigger groups and right up to the house. By spooky coincidence, about two hours ago, I just wrote to somebody else. I was sitting out on my patio talking to the Tui, the Kiriru, and the Piwaka Waka, and they said everything's going to be fine. Excellent. They're so happy in this. They, they're very, you know, that, I think that's where I got the pause idea from. They are just really enjoying our stillness. Yeah. Yeah, it's great. Bubble Sprite of the Forest of Orokunui, Dunedin's favourite goddess, Tahu Mackenzie. Kia ora koutou, na mihi aroha nui, kia koutou kotaua hau. I hope you're all having the best day, beautiful superstars in your beloved universes. And I'm so grateful to have more time with you. Thank you for having me. I've been really, really loving this journey we've been on together. From lockdown level four, slight lessening of those restrictions in level three, a much greater freedom and release in level two. And now we are maybe heading towards level one, which is very exciting. So I have just been loving this time. I found it really, really fascinating, all the shifts that have taken place. And whilst it has been an emotional roller coaster for us all, I really hope that for you, you have had great moments of illumination and deepening of your awareness and understanding around who you are, what you can do, how you want to feel, and what sort of reality you would like to create for yourself to best serve you as a triumph of nature's art, a living, breathing manifestation of billions of years of co-evolution perfect, unique, and whether consciously aware of it or not, contributing precious new gifts and skills to this lucky world. And of course, as a species of animal, we really excel at tool creation and tool use. 
We really excel at creativity and adaptability, connection, communication, cooperation, co-evolution. And this time has offered us so many opportunities to see ourselves and each other anew. I've been laughing over this time that whilst it has been my full-time job to interact with people for the last 15 years in Aote Stunedin, first at the New Zealand Marine Study Centre and Aquarium, and for the last 11 years at Orokunui Eco Sanctuary, I have been able to continue this interaction with groups of people in very different ways, so I've learnt some new skills. I've of course been using Zoom, which I think a lot of us have, and Facebook Messenger, all the social media, email, text, all of these tools, all of these technologies that we've created. And so this time of reconnecting and reuniting with my dear, dear friends has been so joyful and so blissful to be in one another's real physical presence again. But I haven't felt that sense of disconnection from their lives, from their reality, because I feel that we've been able to keep in touch and keep connected this whole time, and I'm so grateful for that. And of course, this got me thinking when today I reconnected with one of my dear, dear friends, Dr. Barbara Anderson, and felt as though really no time had passed at all. What it must have been like, of course, for our ancestors when they were apart from one another and they didn't have all these wonderful technologies to support them. And what do we know about that time? We have all sorts of amazing creativity that came out of that time in terms of people writing love letters and poetry and plays and creating art and, you know, the consciousness of our ancestors was really inspired by these periods of separation and distance and the intensity of the emotion that they felt in not being with those they loved or knowing what was happening for them and imagining what was happening for them. And I think that we can still connect with that same sense of creative inspiration, but perhaps we are directing that to other aspects of that infinite web of life that we're connected to so we might feel a sense of disconnection and not know what's going on not necessarily for our close friends and family with all this technology that supports us to keep in touch but we may feel that for other people other human animals other species of life other parts of our universe that we haven't connected with different moments in time imagined futures there's all sorts of ways that we can tap into that same desire to connect with what we hold dear and create amazing creative masterpieces from the fuel of those feelings so i hope this time for you has been really really fascinating and i hope that you're really enjoying reuniting and reconnecting with those you love in person and i hope that just like me over this time, you've been enjoying all the ways we are supported to keep in touch. And I'll look forward to talking with you next time. Thanks so much. Kakite. So you're used to working, not just making work in your in your house, but getting out and, and seeing people. I presume that, that stopped, but it started again? Yeah, it's starting to pick up. 
it's incredible i was really not sure that people after spending two months of not being in social groups that people would want to go back to it and i think there are people who are still really anxious about um, physical contact um yeah with with the rest of you but we're really social creatures right so um so once we got to lockdown two first thing i did was to get in my car and drive to the bay of plenty and see my daughter and my grandchildren which was the most glorious experience that was wonderful and then i came home and our comedy club the classic is open again um with social distancing smaller audiences um two meters between tables and it was like stepping onto the stage was like stepping out of this fog back into well not back forward it was a kind of return to normal but but it's it's not what it was it's this it's the new thing and so the audiences were so open to wanting to be entertained you know quite often you can walk out in front of an audience and it's like they've all got their arms crossed and they're all going oh come on see if you can make me laugh <laughs> this <laughs> and you know yeah work through that but this audience was sitting there saying we haven't laughed in a group for two months could you we we're out for it and it, like to the point where all the comedians on that night were saying you know that gag that got much too big a laugh it doesn't deserve that laugh <laughs> they were they were just being kind but that's not yeah and people were so enthusiastic about being together being being social with each other so it's unlocking now i feel like the world is just really gradually unfurling you know have the stories changed we've talked to several people who've noted that the the adverts that were running early on in lockdown all seemed wrong not just the yes. not just that they'd been made before lockdown so people were in the same room and touching and, and that sort of stuff but the messaging seemed wrong i don't care about that stuff anymore yeah has, has that carried on in the sort of the, the stories that people want to hear i think we're all learning to reframe stuff so i'm still doing um the kind of material that i was doing before lockdown but i'm it's it gets framed in a different way you know i do some stuff about climate change and gender equality and um now i just naturally found myself framing it as we're allowed to rebuild the world the way we want it here's my vision of what i would like it to look like so there's a natural kind of um uh, fresh eyes look at stuff and i look there will be gags that i will never do again probably i can't think of what they are but yeah some stories just don't feel relevant anymore and, and we're writing new ones as well. So what do you think we can learn from what we've been through in the last couple of months for those perhaps bigger questions of climate change, gender equality, social injustice, those sorts of things? The thing that really strikes me is how fragile the systems are and how, how quickly things can fall apart but that also means how quickly we can rebuild, recreate stuff. So there are options on the table. I mean, if you had tried to have a conversation three months ago about a universal basic income or guaranteed basic income for all people, most people would not have listened to you. But now with 40% of New Zealanders on the government wage subsidy, which is essentially a basic income, 
pe people are going oh, oh okay i can see how that can work and and maybe we can find the money for stuff and maybe we can do things differently from the way that we've done them because we can see that those structures were so fragile they fell over really quickly so i find that incredibly hopeful um grab i think it's so important to grab those chances now to build things differently um while they're all a bit cracked and broken or lying on the ground let's let's grab this chance it's interesting you're using the word rebuild rather than recover Mm. or perhaps a regeneration that that it's not a just let's just go back to like we were before this is an opportunity oh, yeah because you know when when people say um let's rebuild paradise it wasn't paradise for so many people right um there's so much uh poverty and racism and gender inequality so no i don't want the world to go back to the way that it was uh in 2019 i want us to look at the world that we want to create and when people have fought for social change before and people said it's too hard it's too the structures are too strong to fight against well nah they're, they're fragile like uh, you know half the cards stuff and suddenly i mean stuff like uh homeless people have been given homes uh, and and we said that was too expensive and impossible and uh, not so much when you have to do it because there's a pandemic so if we can do it in extraordinary times why can't we do it in ordinary times Liesel Mitchell is a downtown dweller urban explorer and conversationalist observing city life in lockdown Hello there, bubble people. It's Liesl here, coming at you from, uh, from my bubble to yours, whatever bubble means uh, in this context now, as we uh, continue to move through our level structure to something that hopefully will be uh, sort of feeling like normal, normal again. I'm loving this gradual sort of adjustment to whatever we think normal is it's kind of weird isn't it because we have had normal challenged and that kind of I guess makes you stop and think what is normal anyway and do I want normal to be the old normal or can we create a new kind of normal and I think this is definitely one of the opportunities that we have in this uh, moment that we have coming out of the the more sort of I guess restrictive levels that we've been in and I think to just go back as I think I've said in some of my other conversations to just go back is kind of well what's I guess what do we gain from going back and like anything when we've had this sort of opportunity which opens the door to change um, do we want to just return to what we what we know what we're comfortable with what we maybe know has its flaws and its problems and its issues um, maybe more so we know this for a fact but than we did before but or, or do we want to sort of take a bit of a leap of faith and do something a little bit different and I think the current climate that we're seeing and you know we're sitting here in New Zealand um, you know definitely aware of what's going on in the United States and 
I think we all know that this is a moment that we can grab and change, make change for a different kind of future. So I think in light of, yeah, some of these things that have been going on, protests that have been happening, um, disruption, people calling for a change to the status quo, it's a really um, good time to stop and think about our own kind of personal contribution to that. And for me personally, I know that I have been made aware of um, my own complicit sort of role in being a bystander when things are not sort of, when things are not okay. And this time to reflect over the last few weeks when particularly in, you know, the level four lockdown kind of uh, life, I think I have become more and more aware that I have to act in the same way that I think. So if my thinking is all about being a good person and trying to be kind and um, honouring sort of integrity, uh, my principles, being compassionate, uh, seeking out justice and fairness, treating people with respect, expecting respect, <laughs> then I have to act in this way too. And I think this is a this is a hard thing to do. And I think it's a life journey. <laughs> so I'm definitely just one little step on the path to uh, trying, trying to do this, trying to honour this. And, and I think if we can all think about what we hold dear to us, what we think is important for us, we are also usually thinking about things that are important to other people. So if we think respect is important, then it's probably important to other people too. And therefore, assuming that people should respect us, um, there's something to be said by respecting others because they may well be expecting the same. And it's just about that whole put out what you want to come back to you. And... I believe if you can treat people with kindness, if you can be kind, as I have said multiple times before, <laughs> this is my my big kind of rant on kindness, then um, people will be kind to you. And I think we need to do this even more so now about challenging maybe some of the people around us that are our friends, our loved ones, or even maybe strangers in the right context. Um, challenging people to think about their own behavior and what they're saying and how we're all operating and is this kind because I think one of the things that has gotten us through the whole lockdown um, situation to this point is this whole uh, sort of like kind of campaign on kindness and I think when you've got something hopeful and meaningful um, and constructive like kindness behind you then good things happen so can we continue this into the future? Let's try. We'll talk again soon. I was listening to Jacinda talking last week uh, about what the future looks like. So under, um, under uh, level one, there will be a risk will increase just naturally because people will be coming into the country and, and, um, and she reminds us that uh, that it can take up to five weeks even before someone even knows that they have COVID. So we put people in isolation and then they can come out of isolation, still not even know that they have it, and then come into the community. And it was it was just 
kind of it was sobering because we celebrate that we are COVID free, but then um, then our our risk the risk hasn't gone away. And 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 I remember when she was talking about it, a hundred thousand people around the world that day had been diagnosed as having having this, and so there is there's always going to be this constant thought in the backs of our minds what what happens next how do how do you think we prepare for that yeah so the anxiety about people bringing the virus back in is um i think that the important thing is to do tiny steps um you know the way babies learn things you just you just one time any step at a time. I mean, I can see how we might have to keep our borders closed to large parts of the world for quite a long time. But, you know, there have been no uh, cases of COVID-19 at all in the Cook Islands and Newey. So there's, once we're clear, we can join up with them. And once Australia gets itself sorted, <laughs> might go even a bit longer. But, you know, there could be a big Pacific bubble. We Maybe we have to think about... Uh, living differently for a couple of years um, but in terms of the anxiety about what strangers might bring that is that is a worry isn't it because that makes you less trusting and less open but our national our cultural view really our our psyche is to trust and be welcome and i think those things just it's like that unlocking thing i was talking about i think those things just unlock little bit by little bit by little bit i i found it really difficult to be in a room with more than two people in it and now i can yes, handle a yes. room with 70 people um and maybe in a few days if we get to level one i'll be able to handle being in a room with 200 people but it'll just take steps you just have to take step by step by step yeah and it's amazing how quickly you unfreeze yeah trusting and Adapting open to but, our new normal mm, yeah trusting and open but we're also quite prepared to move to uh the collective to for doing things for altruistic reasons yeah, we are, isn't it? I often think about that. I love America, and I don't think I'm going to be going there for a very long time because I think they're in deep, deep trouble. And I often think that the difference between a Kiwi and an American is they want freedom from. They want to be free from constraints. They want. They don't want rules and regulations. And New Zealanders want freedom too. And we want to be able to um, be with each other, take care of each other, um, move around easily. It's um, it's a much more positive sense of freedom. Um, yeah, and and I don't think that will change at all. I've forgotten the date now. That was a mistake. But the date that we came out of level four, and we're allowed to hug our families again. Yes, I'm. I want that to be National Hug Day. I want I want a new <laughs> public a, holiday. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, see, there's one of the examples is that I thought I wouldn't be able to hug people. And I, um, after 
you know, two months of not hugging anybody but my husband and my cat, honestly, I just threw myself at everybody I saw down in Tupuna. It was everybody. <laughs> Not just my daughter and my and my mukul, but everybody in the, that I just so thought that stuff's quite hardwired. Hug day, National Hug Day is awesome. I was Let's... talking to a policeman the other day for work, and um, I wouldn't usually have any physical contact with the policeman when I go to do work, but he initiated physical contact, and it was an elbow bump. But it was he. It was just different. Because I, I would not usually ever expect even a handshake from a policeman. I don't know why. But it's it's just something I I just never expect any sort of contact at yeah. all. And I see that everywhere. People are touching that wouldn't usually even touch. Yeah. And I love that. <gasps> Maybe this is going to make us more tactile. Because, mm. because we were told we couldn't do it for a while. <laughs> and so now we're going to be more into it. Well, I think we've we've realised how much we need it, even those yeah. of us that didn't need it to start with. Yeah, yeah, that's great. Let's hear from Beth Hart with Bad Woman Blues. That's my dance around the room shouting song. <laughs>
I'm going to miss getting insights into everybody's houses. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I quite like it. I used to, I have a screen that I put up when I'm doing Zoom meetings for people that I don't want to know too much about me. <laughs> but otherwise, you can see, you know, behind me, my books of my shrine to stroppy women and my paraphernalia from Disneyland. And yeah, so yeah, I, but I do quite like that, that idea of what have they got in the background? What are they reading? <laughs> So of all of the societal level changes you've seen in the last couple of months, is it still a couple of months? Lost track. What do you think is going to stick? And perhaps more importantly, what do you hope will stick? I hope what sticks is the respect that we have for people who do essential work. If you'd said what was who are our essential workers, three months ago, supermarket workers wouldn't have been probably on that list. And my God, have we worked out how essential they are for us? Um, and I hope that we keep that in front of mind. That's a lot of our lowest paid workers do our most important work. Um, so there's that. And I hope we hold on to being kind to each other now that it's part of our political lexicon just um, taking a breath before we get mad at someone about the way they park their car or how quickly they're moving through a queue I hope we hold on to um, that understanding that we're all going through the same thing I know that everybody's experience of this has been slightly different. Some people have been at home with kids or separated from grandchildren or trying to do their normal work or have suddenly having no work. So it's been slightly different for everybody, but we've all had a massive thing to deal with. And so I hope we hold on to that idea that we're all in this together. And, you know, Jacinda's team of five million is such a lovely umbrella phrase for us to think of as, um, as who we are. Of all of the conversations that we've done with people, I don't think anybody said no. Everybody has been happy to to have a chat. And I think it's that it, we all are going through the same thing. Yeah. And it, yeah. it really doesn't matter what, what you are or who, who what you do. You're still, you're still stuck in your house. Yeah. Yeah. And I think, you know, I have some nostalgia for level four. And I don't think I'm the only person. No. I'm the same. No, and it's well, quite a few people have said, wouldn't it be good if we could go back to that every year? And the weird thing is, is that we do go back to that every year. We have like Christmas holidays, except that we are so busy, not being busy, that we run around like crazy things in our holidays. I like I like the boundaries. You know, you you're not allowed to go too far from your house. No, you know, anybody with any kind of social anxiety, I think that's all of us, you have an excuse not to go and see people. Um, it was just, yeah, it was hitting that pause button and cocooning ourselves the way that maybe people do in the Northern Hemisphere where they have a really hard winter and you basically do hibernate for a period. The bears have got it right, haven't they? Just, um, just go to bed. <laughs> go to bed for a month or two. 
Starting next, start, starting now. Now we've probably already done it, haven't we? It'll be, it'll be difficult. It'll be difficult argument to say let's start doing that now. Yes, yes. The people that are very concerned about getting the economy running again, that would not be in their plan. No. Think how lucky we were that we didn't have lockdown in the middle of summer. Oh yeah. That would have been if yeah. I I I. Well, I was going to say I snuck off to the beach. I was very compliant with all rules, but I did um, during level four. I can't walk to the beach from my place, but I um, I can drive to the supermarket and walk to the beach from the supermarket. I don't know if that was very naughty. That's most definitely local. <laughs> so yeah, yes. We should do a we should do a lockdown for just for a week every year. Yeah, sounds like a good idea. Yeah. What are your plans for the rest of the year now that we're not doing this anymore? Yeah, I don't know. Work is starting to pick up. I'm so I'm making um I'm gonna start filming continuing filming for a web series that I make called On The Rag. Uh, and lots and lots of the work that was postponed is going to start happening from people who seem to be confident about November. So in between now and then, um, I'll keep riding my bike. I'll um, dig out some more recipes and just enjoy the that feeling of starting again it's weird to be going into a behaving like it's spring when we're actually going into winter but that's what i'm going to be doing just gently waking up yes it's going to be a shock to the system when it when it snows and it's horrible not in auckland of course well not snowing perhaps no no but i you know i love lighting lighting the fire and making a cup of green tea makes me very happy so I have some questions to end with. What is the biggest success you've had in the last couple of years? Oh, okay. I did a um, national tour of small towns of a comedy show with my husband. And it was the most, we went to 30 tiny towns like Reefton and Balken. Yeah, that was, uh, I love traveling around this country. You going to do that again? Uh, when I've got a new show, yes. Well, you've got all this time between now and November to write one. Yes, sure. Okay. All right, Sam. Sounds a bit bossy. All right. And Fakatani. Yes. Well, yes, we went there last year. It was great. And we were supposed to be in Dunedin, but we went into lockdown. Sorry about that. We'll get there. So we are writing a book of these conversations. It's called Tomorrow's Heroes. So you're in our team of people doing good work. So what's got you into the mansion? What's your superpower? Uh, Turning anger into laughter. That makes sense? All my jokes are about something that really annoyed me. That is the first time I've ever heard that. That is awesome. That's how I think of it when I, yeah, every time I feel really angry about something, I go, oh, there's a joke there somewhere. (laughs) Have you always had that skill? 
Yeah, I think so. I think, I, yeah, I think making jokes um, was a coping mechanism for, you know, anything that pissed me off. Can I say pissed me off? You just did. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Do you consider yourself to be an activist? Yeah, yeah. I come from a long line of people who um, fought for social justice, going back to my great-grandmother. Edith. What did she do? She was a Salvation Army officer. She and her husband, John, were sent to New Zealand by the Sallies to help establish the Salvation Army in New Zealand. They arrived in, um, Grandpa John came in 1913. She arrived with the kids in 1914. And um, they were socialists. And I think I think the socialism was as important to them, possibly, as the, as the religion. Uh, and... They did a lot of work in the community. You know, um, they had prayer meetings, which were mostly about inviting people who might not have had anything for dinner. So the they, prayer meetings came with soup. I think it was their way of making sure people were fed body and soul. Does that activism come through in the work you do? Yeah. Yeah, um, I yeah, I think my comedy makes a point. Um, what I'm trying to do is, as well as entertain and make people laugh, is make them think about things in a different way. In a positive way? You talked about being resolutely positive. Yes. So comedy punches, <laughs> and it either punches up or it punches down. And um, I, I choose to do the comedy that punches up. So it's about... Um, having a crack at the people in power. So I don't know. I mean, you know, some people might criticise some of the gear that I do and that it puts down powerful people. Maybe that's insulting to some of them, but meh. So what motivates you? What gets you out of bed in the morning? I want to make the world better. Uh, yeah. I want to make the world a better place. And I really, I, I, that quote from Alice Walker, that activism is my rent for living on the planet, really resonates with me. That you um, you take up space on this planet, so you better do something that justifies the space that you take. And what challenge are you looking forward to in the next year or so? A bit wider than I asked before. Yeah, I don't know. So I had a very clear plan about the next phase of my life, this new chapter of my life, now that I'm not caring for my parents because they've both gone and now my daughter's grown up. Uh, I my The next phase of my life was going to be about travel. Hilarious. <laughs> <laughs> so not that. Uh, so I haven't found it yet. Uh, so, yeah, that's my next big challenge is to redesign, replan my next life chapter. Not I spent, yet. I spent a very enjoyable afternoon visiting Dunedin via Google Maps, looking from the Google car. So you just have to drive up and down the, the highways in Utah or wherever it is looking out the window from the Google car. Do you know what I do? I do occasionally do that. I'm, one of my favourite places on the planet is New Orleans, and I do Google Map, look around the streets. Yeah, I do. 
<laughs> make myself a bloody mary and go to new orleans so yeah so i've got i've got some redesigning to do and lastly do you have any advice for our listeners oh wash your hands uh <laughs> that's um advice i don't know i'm not very good at advice um don't pluck your eyebrows when you're drunk is useful. <laughs> um, don't know. I don't know. Um, I think here's what I think is important right now is to celebrate every success, every small win. Because big picture stuff right now is really dark. Yeah, the world's in a pretty dark place. So every little thing that goes right, that makes you feel good, that you do well, that somebody does for you, you should take a moment to celebrate that. Just focus on the small stuff. Yeah. yeah. And Moera, any th closing thoughts? Um, actually, I'm going to apply that with my uh, big kids at dinner tonight with the NCEA credits because that's the big thing in our household at the moment. One. Um, trying to accumulate enough to get into uni next year and one hoping to get into the right classes for her plans next year. And you are exactly right, and we need to celebrate that. And thank you. Thank you very, very much. Yay, thank you. This has been a lovely chat. It's been nice, though. Thank you very much. Oh, my pleasure, totally. You've made me feel even better than I did when we started. <laughs> You've been listening to Blowing Bubbles, positive conversations with people in their bubbles, their safe spaces around the world. Brought to you by the Sustainable Lens Team, which is brought to you by Otago Polytechnic. We're broadcast on Otago Access Radio every weekday afternoon at 3 and streamed and podcast on oar.org.nz. You can find us on Facebook and all your poddy places. We've had contributions from Tahu McKenzie and Liesl Mitchell. I'm Samuel Mann in Sawyers Bay, Dunedin, with Mawira Karatai in Fakatani and Michelle A. Court on Auckland's North Shore. We hope you enjoyed the show. This podcast was produced by ORFM Dunedin with support from New Zealand on the air.